Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's Sunday. The old mansion is resting quietly after a busy week. We walk through the great doors under the presidential seal, across the foyer and down the long hall to the president's study. Hello. Sit down, won't you? Vanity of vanities. All is vanities, saith the good book. And while the Bible doesn't mean it exactly the way I mean it, it does apply to our story, which is about the trouble caused by the vanity of one man. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president these events really happened to. But meanwhile, maybe you'll be able to guess. For some months, our country, unprepared as usual, had been at war. A bitter, bloody struggle. One morning after a stormy cabinet meeting, I walked back to my own study. No progress, Mr. President? Did you ever drive a pair of horses, Miss Sarr? No. They have to move at the same rate or you haven't got a team. And if you've got a lot of horses instead of only two... <laughs> the cabinet wouldn't appreciate being called a disjointed <laughs> team of horses. <laughs> oh, horses are fine. The trouble is I've got some mules in my train. Well, if you'd been Secretary of War Miller, I'd have classified him with the peacock. Oh, well, you're right. I don't think I ever met a man with so much vanity and so little basis for it. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to put up with him any longer. I can't run a war and tame a peacock at the same time, so I'm going to turn the peacock loose. It's not a domestic bird anyway. It's wild. Let it enjoy its freedom. <laughs> Mr. President, knee resign? Why? I don't want to hurt your feelings, Mr. Miller, but I'm afraid I've got to. It isn't my feelings, Mr. President. It's far more than that. I'm thinking of the future of our country. Oh, fine. So am I. Uh, sit down, please, Mr. Miller. I'm quite happy standing, sir. Uh, it makes me a little uncomfortable to feel I'm talking to a, uh, a statue. What? Uh, please sit down, Mr. Miller. <clears throat> and thank you. <clears throat> uh, now, sir, we're in a war, and at the moment we're not winning. As we're talking here, young men of our country are dying. Families are being smashed. 
A powerful enemy wants to destroy all the rest of us. My job is to preserve our country. That's my only thought in everything I'm going to say to you. Do you understand? Of course, but... Now, let me go on. You're in my cabinet, Mr. Miller, not because you're qualified for the Secretary of War's job in any way, but because of political alliances and promises made in our party before the war started. Why are you in the White House, Mr. President? Because most of my fellow citizens chose me. And I've got to answer to them for everything I do. If anyone asks me now, why is your Secretary of War unable to manage his job, what can I answer? Mr. President, I take exception to your whole attitude. I'm sorry, but I don't think the War Department is being run very well. I've got to put somebody in there whom I can have more confidence in. And that's why I want you to resign. This is the most outrageous thing that's ever been said to me. Oh, please don't stand up again, Mr. Miller. My feelings don't allow me to go on sitting. I say to you, sir, there's no greater patriot in all the nation than I. I'm willing to believe it. However... There is no man in Washington who takes his job more seriously. No doubt about it, but... And in the face of those two facts, you ask me to resign? Haven't you stopped to realize how you're humiliating me? Mr. Miller, I dislike hurting people. But if I can avoid the death of one American soldier by hurting your feelings or anybody else's, I'll jump on him all day long. In your job, I want patriotism. I want hard work. But I want more than that. I want results, and I don't think you can give them to me. You've been misled, Mr. President. The only reason for the present state of affairs in my department is the enormous pressure of events. I know a little about the pressure of events. And in a few weeks, all that confusion will pass. You're only making this more painful for both of us. I've asked for your resignation. I'd like to have it, please. I refuse to be made a scapegoat, a victim of... Why, the shame would last me the rest of my life. Soldiers fighting and dying don't think about shame. Mr. President, I beg you. Try to understand what's happened, the the problems I've had to face. I promise you that things will be improved in my department. I'm sorry, Miller. It's too late for promises. My concern is for American lives. Your resignation will help save them. Well? I refuse to resign. And I think, Mr. President, that if you try to force me to, you'll get more than you bargained for. Oh, thank you, Miss Sarah. Come in, Fred. Good Come morning, in. Mr. President. Good morning. I'm glad you're here, Fred. I want to sound you out about something. <laughs> All right, sir. Sound away. If I nominate a new man for the cabinet of Secretary of War, will you support him when his name comes before the Senate? A new man? Well, what's happened to Ben Miller? Fred, I like to think I'm a tolerant man, and the Lord knows none of us is perfect. But I can't stand him anymore. <laughs> it's uh, it's as simple as that. Every bit. <sighs> what's the matter? <laughs> well. Before you pick a new man, you have to get rid of the old one. Or or have you done that already? No, no, I haven't yet. Well, uh, is he so inefficient? Peacocks are probably the stupidest birds there are. Uh, I beg your pardon, sir? Well, if he... Well, never mind. Yes, he's inefficient. He's vain. He doesn't use his office to help his country. He uses it as a platform for himself to strut upon. Have you any evidence of inefficiency, sir? The man himself, I'm sorry to say. Oh? Well, I, I understand, Mr. President, but... Getting rid of him will be expensive. Expensive? How? You remember when you took office this term, sir? You were forced to make good on a number of political promises made by the party in your name. Well, Miller got into the cabinet on one of those promises. Only because he's so powerful in the Pennsylvania branch of the party. Party isn't so important when you're at war, Fred. Well, right now, national unity is almost more important than anything else. You don't seriously believe that national unity depends on Ben Miller? Well, no, not alone, of course. 
But these days, I'd be willing to pay almost any price to avoid the slightest strain on it. Including a poorly equipped army and lost battles? Well, almost. So you suggest I keep the Secretary of War with all his inefficiency and vanity? Oh, Mr. President, please. I, all I'm saying is, wait a little while. A man of Miller's type with the political weight that he can swing can make more trouble outside the cabinet than in it. And can cause more battles to be lost. Well, I think you're overestimating his strength, Fred. But if you're, if you're right, the problem is much too serious for me to risk any controversy now which might split the country and retard our war effort. I'm trapped, Miss Sarah. But, Mr. President, why can't you simply remove Mr. Miller? Usually it's enough to ask a cabinet member for his resignation. But to remove a man, you need evidence. Grounds that'll stand up before public opinion. Your word that he's inefficient should be enough. It should be, but maybe Senator Harper is right. Maybe Miller could rock the boat. Maybe my way of doing things isn't the only way. Well, you're the one that's responsible. I know, Miss Sarah. Miller made the usual excuses, and he did go through the motions of promising to improve his department. Well, let's see just what he can do. Sometimes if you take a man at his word, he has to make it good. Mr. President, what are you talking about? About Mr. Miller's personality. Oh. A peacock loves to strut. Miss Sarn, uh, take a letter to Mr. Miller. All right, sir. Uh, dear Mr. Miller, upon reconsidering the subject of our discussion this morning, I believe it is to the best interests of the country not to demand your resignation at this time. You indicated that you could improve your department. I trust that you will do so and that you will include evidence of such improvement in your War Department report to be attached to my annual message to Congress. Um, is that all, Mr. President? Isn't that enough to get Miller going? message that you wanted to see me. Yes, Cummings. Come in, come in. Close the door. Certainly. But worried. What's the trouble? Sit down, Cummings. No, no, it's all right. I dislike talking to a man who towers over me like a statue. Huh? Oh. Oh, all right. Now it's got your dander up. It's not a joking matter. I've been insulted. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? By the president. Mm, that's worse. But I've decided to ignore the insult. Very generous of you. What do you say? I've decided to ignore the insult and heap coals of fire on his head. How? Please listen, Cummings, and don't interrupt. I beg your pardon. I want to show him that the War Department is the model department of them all. In other words, I want you to act more quickly. Why the hurry? See here, Cummings, I've made the War Department funds available to you to buy military supplies. I've as good as presented you with a million dollars or more in brokerage fees. But it's perfectly legal. I only did it to save time. I've done nothing wrong. And I'm still giving the orders. Well, of course you are, Mr. Miller. When I said, why the hurry, I only meant we don't want to make any mistakes. I'll worry about mistakes, Cummings. Meanwhile, I want you to move much faster. Every factory must be drained of whatever we need immediately. Weapons, ammunition, clothing, medical supplies, everything. I want to make the president eat his... Well, I've got to prepare my report quite soon. And I want to impress the president with the efficiency of the War Department. <laughs> President, Representative Kent is here to see you, sir. Kent? Uh, he has an appointment. He has? Well, I don't know what he wants, but uh, you know what Kent's like. If he starts to talk too loud, you break in after a while, will you please? <laughs> I'll keep an ear cocked, Mr. <laughs> Thank President. Thank you. <laughs> I'll bring him in now. Mr. Kent, will you come in, please? Thank you. Oh, come right in, Mr. Kent. 
You look tired, Mr. President. Mm, oh, no. You look much more tired than when I saw you last. Well, you're a plain-spoken man, Kim. Life's too short to be roundabout. What do you think of Ben Miller? I... Why? Well, now, let's not be roundabout or crafty, Mr. President. We belong to opposite parties, but we're in a desperate war. Nothing else counts. What do you think of Ben Miller? He's a vain peacock and an inefficient war secretary. Understood. But is that all? That's all I know of, yes. Want to get rid of him? I'd like nothing better, but entirely between us, Kent, his vanity prevents me. Besides, certain political reasons interfere. Understood. We're dealing with human beings, and human beings can't do anything without getting political, no matter what it is. My wife, for instance... Uh... Yes, um... <clears throat> well, um, let me ask you. Political influence wouldn't protect Miller if he were, uh, corrupt, would it? Corrupt? Is he? How do you know? I don't know, but I suspect, and on a huge scale. That surprises me, Kent. Can you prove it? Can anybody prove it? Not yet, but my committee's going to investigate. Why don't you get rid of him anyway? I told you why. Besides, he suggested that given a little time, he could run the War Department much better. Do you believe him? Not exactly. But, uh, well, the President of the United States doesn't know everything just because he's President. And we all have our faults and weaknesses. You're very tolerant. Kent, I'm not tolerant of the way the war is run. I'm quite sure you understand. I think I do. Uh, good day, Mr. President. Uh, one thing, Kent. I want to make you a promise. Yes? Let me have evidence that Miller is corrupt and he'll be out of office in 20 minutes. In other words, I'll back your committee. Understood. In return, I want you to support the man I recommend to take Miller's place if it falls vacant. Understood. Uh, but this understanding had better remain a secret of our own. Oh, it? certainly, certainly. Or my own party would fly at my throat. Understood. Yes. A good day, sir. A good day, and thank you, Mr. Kent. Good day, Miss Sarah. Good day. Oh, Miss Sarah. Uh, yes, Mr. President. Thank you for your help, even if I didn't need it. <laughs> he seemed quite peaceful today, didn't he? The interview was quite surprising. Oh, very glad. Uh, what happened? I'm afraid I can't tell you, Miss Sarah. Oh, a secret? Kent's in mine. Mm. Don't be offended now, please. Don't mm. be offended. You uh, won't forget your due at the fort this afternoon. Oh, yes, yes, the military review. Well, you've got to wear your heaviest coat, Mr. President. You'll have to be out there in the cold wind for over an hour. I, uh, I suppose it was about Mr. Miller. You suppose what was about Mr. Miller? Mr. Kent's coming here. Ah, you won't warm it out of me that way, Miss Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> now, where did you say that heavy coat of mine is? <laughs> General. Yes, Mr. President. It's a fine body of men. Thank you, sir. Don't you think so, Fred? Certainly, sir. Uh, Mr. President. Yes. I've changed my mind about Ben Miller. Oh? I was wrong, sir. I think you ought to get rid of him no matter what it costs. What made you change, Fred? There's a fellow named Cummings who seems to be in Miller's confidence, sort of a broker. I've heard of him before, and he's not a very savory character. Go on. Well, I'm sure that if you forced Miller to resign and he threatened to make trouble, our knowing about his dealings with Cummings would keep him quiet. Fred, I can't get rid of Miller. What? I'm keeping him in his job for the reasons you gave me. But, sir, knowing what we know now... What do we know? Sheer speculation. And look at those soldiers, Fred. Some of them are going to be killed in a few weeks. I think fewer will be killed if Miller stays in his job, at least for a while. But what are you waiting for, sir? What changed your mind? Uh, gentlemen, the flag.
sir, I'm ready now. Oh, very well, Mr. President. Is your message to Congress finished? Yes, here it is. Now, how about the individual reports from the cabinet office that go with it? Oh, they're all here. Navy, Treasury, Attorney General. What's funny? What? I don't see Secretary Miller's report from the War Department. Well, it must be there. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. President, it's not. Well, it may have gone astray. Send a messenger over to his office, will you please? Otherwise, we'll be late getting this report out. Mr. President. Yes? Mr. Miller's report isn't coming to this office. Why not? He's had it printed and sent to newspapers all over the country, sir, without your seeing it at all. Miss Sarah, have every one of those copies recalled and get Miller in here to see me inside of the next hour. Miller, what do you mean by issuing your report to the newspapers without my seeing it first? I meant nothing. You know, every cabinet member has to come with his report to me. And that all reports, including the president's, are issued together. Yes, I know. Then why did you ignore that rule? Because I had something very important to say in my report, and I didn't want it buried among the reports of the other cabinet members. You didn't want it. You didn't want it. And what about the efficiency and cooperation you promised me? My report is part of that. In what way? What does your report say? Most of it is routine, sir. Normal operations of the War Department. But the most important section deals with methods of buying war supplies. Is that all? It, it also deals with the racial problem in the Army. Miller, I... Miller, don't you know that's one of the most ticklish issues the administration faces? Of course. My idea I is... don't care what your idea is. It's not your business to set policy on a matter of this kind. I've ordered that report of yours recalled from the newspapers. Mr. President, that's a deliberate insult. Is that all you can think of, your feelings? If you've got a good idea about the Army's racial problems, I'll be only too happy to listen to it. But you know very well I can't have a delicate matter like that aired in public at a time like this. Now, after deleting the section on racial problems, I'll release your report along with the others. Good afternoon. Do the papers say? War secretary's policy favored. <laughs> it's one in favor of Miller. Yeah, Miller plan outspoken. Uh, it's two in favor. Mr. President, do you realize almost half the papers approve Miller's plan? Yes, Fred, I do. Here, listen to this. Miller's straightforward approach to the racial problem in the Army is commendable. This editor wonders why the president was so desirous of suppressing Secretary Miller's comments on this problem. Huh. I'd like to know why so many papers printed that section after you cut it out, sir. It's easy, Miss Sarah. When we ordered Miller's copies recalled, not all the papers responded. They were the ones who printed it so they could embarrass me. Yeah, that must be it. Oh, just listen to this, sir. President suppresses part of a War Department report. Does he seek to stifle independent expression? Oh, when are you going to get rid of Miller? I don't know, friend. But remember, no road is so long... I'm sorry, sir, to keep after you about this. Oh, I know, Fred. I'm as anxious as you are, but until I'm in a position to prove... Yes. A message from Representative Kent. He'd like to see you in the morning. It's important, sir. Important? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that road has an end after all, Miss Sarah. Tell you, Kent, I can't stand it much longer. You've come just in time. I hope so, sir. Well, let me hear what you found out. You see me go to prove another man a thief, sir? It's not that, and you know it. Come on, Kent. Let me hear all of it. 
Uh, my committee has completed its secret investigation of Secretary of War Miller. Here's a copy of the resolution I'm presenting to the entire House tomorrow. I guarantee you it will be passed. Well? Um, resolved that Benjamin Miller, Secretary of War, by investing Henry Cummings with the control of large sums of money and authority to purchase military supplies, has adopted a policy highly injurious to the public service and deserves the censure of the House. Is that all? Yes. And there was no evidence of corruption? Not exactly. What do you mean, Kent? Now, come, don't keep me dangling. There's no corruption on Miller's part or Cummings. But that resolution... There is no corruption, at least none that we found. In other words, Miller is honest. But he's fabulously inefficient. He's dangerous to our success in the war. Uh, Does that help you? It doesn't solve the bottom problem, Kent. Oh, I can force him out of the cabinet, but he's got to go gracefully, if you know what I mean. I do not. If his feelings are ruffled, he'll tear my own party apart from under my feet. As I told you, it comes down to a problem of vanity, Kent. What other job can I induce him to take? That'll make him feel he's been promoted. Understood, but I'm sorry I can't help you there. However, my promise to support your new man is still good. Understood. Good day, sir. Good day. Uh, Miss Sarah? Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Kent's leaving, Miss Sarah. Good day, Miss Sarah. Good day, Mr. President, some letters and dispatches. All right, put them on the desk, please. I'll take this one back, Mr. President. I'm sure you don't want to worry about it. From our minister in Russia, he's asking to be relieved so he can come home and join the army. We'll send it over to the State Department. Yes, by the next messenger. Thank you. Was uh, Mr. Kent's visit about Mr. Miller again? Yes. Is it still a secret? No, I thought I had a chance of forcing Miller to resign without any trouble. I was wrong, but I'm beginning to think I... You know, uh, Miss Sarah, uh, let me see that letter. Which one, sir? The one from Russia. Oh, sorry. Minister to Russia, huh? Uh, Miss Sarah, I want to see Fred Harper right away. Cummings, you've seen this congressional resolution? Yes, I'm getting famous, I'm sorry to say. (laughs) You think everything's a joke. It's not a joke. Look at what a fool it makes out of me. Oh, I don't think any resolution could do that. Look how humiliating it is. Cummings, I wish I were out of this job. There were only some way I could get out of it gracefully. Wait a minute, Mr. Miller. You're doing a wonderful job for our country. And for you. You're making enormous profits for yourself. You said yourself there's nothing illegal in it, and Kent's committee couldn't find anything wrong in it. Besides, it's the fate of all great men to be criticized. Well... Just the same, Cummings. I meant what I say. Come in. Oh, Senator Harper. Uh, Come in, sir. Uh, You know Mr. Cummings? We've met, I think. Yes, Senator. Oh, Mr. Cummings, please don't go. Uh, What is it, Senator? I brought this note for you from the President. Oh, thank you. Dear Mr. Miller, after much consideration, I have decided that your services to your country can be best utilized in a diplomatic capacity. I therefore recommend that you accept appointment... Senator Harper, what does this mean? Just what it says, Mr. Miller. He asked for my resignation and I refused. Now he's simply trying to kick me upstairs. This is humiliating, Senator. I'm giving the very best that's in me and this is the thanks I get. A brief letter... He throws me a bone. Well, Senator, just tell the president for me. I'm not that hungry.
But I don't quite understand you, Fred. Wasn't he interested in the post? Well, I told you, sir. He said you were throwing him a bone, so he couldn't have thought it was very important. (laughs) Not important. And he seemed hurt by the fact that he was suddenly notified in a brief letter. Oh, a brief letter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was quite angry, sir. Well, of course he was. I don't blame him. You don't what? Look, Fred, I made a mistake about Miller. I want you to go back and see him again. But he's already I want you to tell him I admit being hasty. I want you to tell him that, um... No. No, on second thought, don't tell him anything. I'll tell him myself at the cabinet meeting tomorrow. Everything's ready, Mr. President. All the cabinet here? Is everyone except Mr. Miller? Well, there's no point in starting until he gets here. Oh, Senator Harper, don't... Oh, oh, here he is now. Uh, Mr. President, uh, Mr. President, Miller has arrived. Oh, thank you, Fred, that's fine. Shall I escort him in, sir? By all means. I'll do it, Senator. <laughs> thank you, Miss Sarah. Ready, Mr. Miller? Uh, Mr. President, gentlemen of the cabinet, Secretary of War... Oh, come in, Miller. Uh, Mr. President, gentlemen... Uh, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, now that we have assembled, I should like to submit to you an important decision I've made. I need not remind you that we are still in a state of crisis, that we need not only help here at home, but strong support from abroad. And abroad there is no more important post at this time than that of the minister to Russia. So, gentlemen... I have decided to recall our present minister and to replace him with a man whose patriotism has been unquestioned, whose energies are tireless, a man who will be able to render services to our country abroad, not less important than those he could render here at home. I know of only one man whose qualifications can properly guarantee our friendly relations with that great country. Gentlemen, I submit the name of Benjamin Miller as envoy extraordinary and Minister Plenipotentiary of the United States of America to Russia. Uh, Mr. President, I I am honored. Uh, Not at all, Minister Miller. The honor and the pleasure are all mine. Uh, In that case, I must tender my resignation as Secretary of War, Mr. President. And I must regretfully accept it, Mr. Miller, but I am sure that your loss to us as a cabinet member will be more than compensated for by your contribution to our international relations. Mr. President, I am so glad that's over. <laughs> so am I, Miss Sarah, so am I. <laughs> but you made the appointment even before he'd resigned. Well, I had to take a chance, Miss Sarah. I had tried everything else, but his vanity got in the way. And there was only one thing I could do, appeal to that vanity. And the best way I could do that would be to expose it. Presenting my idea before the entire cabinet on such a patriotic basis, he he didn't dare refuse. In fact, he seemed quite honored. (laughs) Imagine. Well, while we can, Miss Sarah, let's try to see the funny side of it, huh? Now at least we don't have a mixed team of horses. We got rid of the peacock. Yes, but what about the mules, Mr. President? Well, I think we have only one mule left. Well, who's that? Hmm? Oh, you mean... Oh, now, don't be so polite, Miss Sarah. Oh, no, Mr. President, you don't mean... No. You? A mule? <laughs> What's wrong with a mule? Well, nothing, after all. A mule does do more work than a peacock. Understood, Miss Sarah, understood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you guessed which president it was who had so much political trouble getting rid of his secretary of war? The time was 1862, and Abraham Lincoln was Mr. President. The war secretary we've called Miller tonight was in reality Simon Cameron, who did in fact become minister to Russia. This was probably President Lincoln's most difficult period. With the war going badly and without public support, he had to make some of the most important decisions of his career. Come and see me again next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you about Mr. President that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Thank you, and goodbye until then. Appeared as Mr. President by arrangement with Metro Goldwyn Mayer, producers of Sinclair Lewis, Cast Timberlane, starring Spencer Tracy, Lana Turner, and Zachary Scott. Mr. President is presented each week by the American Broadcasting Company. It is produced by Robert G. Jennings, directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah was played by Betty Lou Gerson. Tonight's story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President Abraham Lincoln. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adler. Be sure to listen again next week when Edward Arnold brings you another story of Mr. President. Now a special program note. Tonight, four great shows are coming your way over this ABC station. Sunday evening hour, Walter Winchell, Luella Parsons, and Theater Guild on the air. Be sure to hear all four. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.